Welcome to BevCamp's production of Conversations with the Candidates. I'm Al Temkin. I'll serve as your host. Today we're visiting with Jim Ladder, Ward 3 Councilor running for re-election. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Al. Always a great day to come down and uh, talk to you folks at BevCam and talk to the people out in Beverly. And they want to hear from you, I'm very sure. So um, I have a few questions that I want to ask you, Jim, but before I do that, can you just kind of give, uh, give your audience a, an overview as to where you come from, who you are, and uh, why you're running again for re-election? Sure. Uh, Jim Ladder, I live at 145 Park Street. I've lived on Park Street for about 13, 14 years, lived in Beverly for 30 years now, um, raised my family here. My son graduated from Beverly High in 2010. Um, been involved in the community, been involved in the schools, been involved in various projects. Um, been on the council for three terms now, six years. I've enjoyed helping people. Um, we, we've had some challenges that we've dealt with in Ward 3, and, and I think we're making a lot of progress. And I look forward to, um, with the voters' support, moving forward and keeping to make our neighborhoods and our downtown area a better place to live, to work, and to raise our families. Terrific. Well, thank you for that, Jim. Um, so let's kind of get right into it. What do you think are the most pressing issues in the city of Beverly right now? Um, the, the one most people talk about is, is traffic, and, and, and people are concerned. Um, many of our roads are in, are in difficult shape. I know the past two or three years on the council, we have steadily increased the amount of money that the city has put into the roads in addition to the Chapter 90 money we get from the state. Um, right now, there's an, a no, the biggest complaint you hear now is that there's so much going on that it makes it s people think it's somewhat difficult to get around. Um, but, but we are making progress. There's stuff going on up at Brimble Ave. Um, we're about to start a $20 million complete revamp of 1A from Memorial School mm -hmm. to the Beverly-Salem Bridge. Um, so I I'd say traffic and dealing with the state of our roads and getting those compared, repaired is the, th the thing we hear a lot of going door to door. I mean, we, we have other challenges. That's a quality of life issue. We have, we, we have some serious challenges in Beverly as well, not just in Beverly, throughout the North Shore. Um, there's a serious um, opiate addiction problem. Mm -hmm. um, I know uh, Councilor Rand in Ward 2 has, is serving on a task force, and, and we meet together regularly with city officials. We get a, we get a report from the police department every month, and it, it used to be just um, basically a report of you know, arrests and things that have happened so that you know, we can keep an eye on what's going on. And, and there's a section dedicated to opiate-related incidents. Wow. Um, th that's, that's a huge challenge for our young people. I don't know if there's easy answers to it, but I know people are engaged in it. The district attorney's been very engaged, our chief of police, our mayor. We're engaged in that problem, but there's no easy answers, and it really is a challenge. So right that's up to the state house. I know the governor is, uh, is also putting forth some, uh, some thoughts and suggestions and ideas and strategies. The legislation just passed last week unanimously. Our yeah. state rep, Jerry Paracella, supported it, making, I think it's called fentanyl. Yeah. Um, a much more serious crime, and I think I hope that's a step in the right direction. Sure, sure. Let's talk about uh, Ward 3 specifically. What, what do you see as some of the unique challenges of your ward, uh, of Ward 3, versus the other wards in the city? Well, Ward 3 is downtown. It's the only ward in the city that doesn't touch the outside border of the city. So, you know, it, it, it is in the heart of downtown. We have seven rail crossings. We have over half of our public school students attend school in Ward 3. Um, there's just there's a, there's a lot going on. There, there's some there's some density in, in the downtown area. Um, I, I think we need to 
really think about what our streetscape's going to look like on Rantoul Street after this construction's done. I think we, we have some good businesses there. I think we want to make sure that we maintain those businesses there and we invite the right kind of businesses in. Um, a vibrant streetscape, our occupancy rates are pretty good in Beverly, um, but it would be nice to get more retail and maybe less service. I think that drives a more vibrant streetscape. So those are the kinds of issues. And again, just you know, quality of life issues, parking, noise, traffic. Sure. Um, you know, some of our neighborhoods. I, I look at our Gloucester Crossing neighborhoods, and, and there's some challenges in there. But compared to where we were 10, 12 years ago, the problems that we have there today. If I'd have told you 12 years ago, th those were the problems we're, we're having now. You'd be thrilled to hear some of that, you know. We've made a lot of progress. North Shore CDC has invested millions of dollars in housing in that, in that area. Um, we just had a pumpkin festival at the Gage Street Playground, and we had 60 kids show up. We had 60 kids show up on a Thursday afternoon to decorate pumpkins. It's something, you know, I started my first year on the council. I think we just did our fifth or sixth, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, you know, so there's some great stuff going on down there that has come from investing in neighborhoods and investing in people's problems and trying to get them solved. Sure. And, and another, just a great community event. Yeah. You know, anytime you get people together, you can begin to solve things and begin to level of communication and all that kind of stuff, which, which has happened. One yeah. thing I'd like to do, we've, we've had, it's been in fits and starts and it's been active at various levels, is the Ward 3 Civic Association. Um, I'd really like, I'm going to challenge the voters of, and the people in Ward 3 that before the end of the year, let's get a few people together and let's reconstitute the Ward 3 Civic Association so that some of the work that we're doing in different neighborhoods, um, we can pool our resources together and share that throughout the whole ward. Good thought, good thought. What would you say would be uh, the top of your agenda, um, assuming you're elected? I, 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 again, there's issues that I've already talked about. I think that the Route 1A reconstruction project, um, it, it, it's, got, it's gonna be disruptive. Let's make no mistake, and it's bev1a.org. If you have any questions about it or you wanna stay up to date, please, www.bev1a.org. There's a Twitter feed on there that'll keep you up to date. But that's, that's gonna be disruptive right through the heart of our ward, and especially from Chestnut Street um, down to Glorious Foods and continuing into Ward 2 to the Beverly yeah. Salem Bridge because this, this, the streets under there um, are older, there's more cobblestone, it's going to be much more disruptive. Um, according to uh, Commissioner of Public Services, Mike Collins, from Chestnut down to Gloucester Crossing and around the corner, um, it will be a little bit easier, but they're going to redo that entire um, train intersection at Gloucester Crossing. That entire intersection is going to change. And just, just handling that project for the neighbors and neighborhoods around it is going to be a challenge. Um, the middle school, um, th that's, that's going to start sooner rather than later, and that, that's, that's, a, that's going to be a unique challenge to the, to the neighborhoods around there um, and in between there and the high school. And while that's a great project for the city of Beverly, um, it, it taxes those neighborhoods, and, and we need the school administration, and we need both the schools when they're done and while it's going on. We need those folks to be sensitive to the people that live around there and what some of their challenges are. Speaking about the middle school, I, I think that's a great uh, segue. The obviously there's there's two very different camps relative to the mayoral candidates. Yep. Um, appears to be two very different camps relative to the Ward Three uh, candidates. I I, I believe. Uh, uh, that's a fair statement. Yeah. Okay. So um, can you just tell uh, tell the the, the Ward Three uh, populace 
why you feel the way you feel, why you think, why you, why you think the way you, you think. Let's do it that way. I supported Mayor Cahill's proposal for the middle school because it was the fiscally responsible plan to make. Um, an, another idea of a plan, I never received any information from anybody else other than uh, back-of-the-envelope sketch of what some plan might look like. And to Mayor Cahill's credit, he took that plan and he put more work into that plan than the person that proposed it. Um, the competing idea, I'm not going to call it a plan because it, we never received it as such, um, as I understood it, was a 7-8 wing on the high seat, and there was, there was just all sorts of Thing you know, moving pieces to it. It was a seven-eight wing here, and uh, kindergarten, preschool at Memorial, and it, it it didn't stand up to any kind of evaluative rigor. Um, it would have cost us almost as much, if not more, because there were some unknowns in that than the plan that the mayor put forward. Um, it would have prompted us to stay in Memorial for. I've heard the number seven years, and I think that's a fair estimate. But even in a best-case scenario, it would have been four years. Um, in it additionally longer than we're doing, which means we would have had to put more capital improvement into Briscoe. Um, there was no commitment from the MSBA to fund any alternative idea of a plan. Um, so all those things together, I mean, let's, let's understand. Five out of six school committee members, and however many members there were on the school building, I think there were 20, 19 out of 20 school building authority members voted to support the plan that we ultimately approved. Mm -hmm. um, it, unanimous support in the council. Um, first school project that I know of that, f that got that kind of support. Yep. Um, there's usually somebody who's, who's trying to throw the brakes on it. I think we learned in the high school that throwing the brakes on a needed capital improvement for our schools just costs us more money. Yep. It doesn't save us more money. It happened with the high school. When the high school first went for a bonding vote before I was on the council, before I was even on the school committee, um, the anticipated cost was about $65, 66000000 dollars, and, and that was voted down. It was a bonding vote, and it only had five votes, and it, 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 got, it went five to four. It needed six. So the whole project was postponed at least two years. So by the time we got it done, it was $85 million. So, so not voting for this, unless we just said, you know, we can't afford this. We're going to have to live with Briscoe. Let's put $8, 10 $12 million of capital improvement into Briscoe, and we'll just have to live with that. That would have been a fair alternative. I wouldn't have voted for it, but at least it would have been intellectually fair. But to put forward the idea that was put forward, it, 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 it just didn't stand up to any rigor. It, it didn't provide enough room. Um, you couldn't put the preschool at and kindergarten at Memorial. It didn't provide enough classrooms to provide full-day kindergarten for everybody, as some are stating. So that I'll put out specific, point by point, um, why I supported the high school plan. I'll put it on my webpage, ladderward3.com, if you want to go there and see the intricate detail of why I supported this as opposed to other ideas, there it'll be. But Perfect. it was the, it was the okay. plan to support. Um, what do you see as the top two or three budget items for the city over the next few years? Um, one thing that, that we know is a challenge is unfunded pension and health care liability. It's a huge number. Um, it is set out over an, ex an extended period of time, 25, 30 plus years. 
Um, but that, that's going to create budgetary pressure, and, and we're starting to wrestle with how we deal with that. I know Brian Ailes has done some good work on that. The capital improvement projects themselves are going to create you know, budgetary pr pressure. The, the middle school you know, will create some pressure. We've done a good job of setting a rainy day fund to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. um, that was one of you know, Mayor Cahill and Brian Ailes' things they did right when they got into office. Um, anticipating that this was going to happen, we've actually set an ordinance where we have to set aside, so every time we certify free cash to make it available to the city, we have to put a percentage into that rainy day fund, and, and that'll, that'll help level that out as we move forward. And, um, and then there's, you know, there's the constant pressures of you know, collective bargaining agreements, those kinds of things. Sure. Um, people want more roads, they want more sidewalks, um, all, all that stuff. Um, creates pressure, but when you look at the budget, that you know the, the big items other than salaries are um, healthcare costs, um, capital improvements. It, it, it's it's honestly no different than what you get at your house. Sure, um, sure. The, the things that drive your household budget are the things that drive our city budget writ large. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, great. Um, what are your views on pilot on, on you know payment lower taxes? How do you feel about that? Um, I, I think it's great. I think we should have more. Um, <laughs> Dr. Wiley, that was for you. Um, <laughs> and Endicott, they, they do contribute, and they've been, they've been part of an organization. There are some uh, nonprofits and not-for-profits that probably due to lack of outreach don't really involve themselves in the pilot. But some of our um, you know, bigger nonprofits in the city, you know, they, they do serve the city well. I, I know that Montserrat does some great stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, a function of it is the tax code and state law. There are some areas of the country that, that do assess a certain tax on some of these properties. Massachusetts doesn't. I think the responsible organizations in our community understand that, you know, they need to do their fair share and chip in and help the city out as well. We don't really have leverage. If I don't pay the taxes on my house at a certain point, the city has leverage to say, you know, they'll work with you, they'll do this, they'll do that. But at the end of the day, they'll say, hey, the bills do. Yep. Um, we don't have that leverage in, in pilot and silent programs. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, it's really uh, reaching out and, you know, appealing to the better nature of the people that drive those organizations. Mm -hmm. And those are organizations that they're out fundraising. You know, they're nonprofits for a reason. So it, it can sometimes, it, it's not the easiest thing in the world for them to go out fundraising and then turn around and be seen to give it away. So the, the, a, a lot of work's been done on it. I know Councilor Matt St. Hilaire was on that committee for a while, and, you know, he did some good work. A lot of these, a lot of initiatives like that, they're never done. It's not like you get a committee together and you do the work and you say, hey, isn't that it's great? Work in process, yeah. And you move yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are constant works in process, and you have to constantly look for opportunities, you know, to get that, to, to get... Um, payments and, and services. Sometimes, you, sometimes it's easier to get services from nonprofits mm -hmm. than payments. Yep. Um, so you might be able to get more bang for the buck. I, I, I know it's an endeavor that has gone on through several iterations, and I'm sure it will continue. Sure, for sure. Thanks for that, Jim. Hold on one second. For those of you just joining us, uh, we are here at BevCam having conversations with the candidates. I'm Al Temkin. I'm serving today as your host, and we're with Jim Ladder, who's running for re-election in Ward 3. So uh, to continue, Jim, let's talk about the waterfront a little bit. Sure. So, yeah, so what do you, what's going on? What's happening? I mean, the, the waterfront isn't a specific Ward 3 issue, but it is a citywide issue. Um, as I understand it, um, there's a request for proposal off the McDonald's property. Mm -hmm. um, the harbor master, if it hasn't, 
it, it will hopefully soon be moved to the building that they moved over. So that, that will free all that up. Um, one of the big things we've done is we've removed the designated port authority. The designated port authority was an early 70s era um, zoning limitation that was meant to incentivize commercial marine um, industry. And, and that industry's really changed. It's, I don't think it's really viable in this part of the country anymore. Um, and, and that was that. That was at the crux of what a lot of the litigation was behind the proposed black cow and the abutter, and that went through several iterations of court. The abutter finally, you know, he lost every step along the way and prevailed at the end. Which right. you know, hey, sometimes that happens. Um, you know, in, in hindsight, uh, maybe we should have gone back to, you know, work with him a little more and release the port authority a little earlier. You know, it's it's easy to sit here, an armchair quarterback, and look back and say, geez, maybe we sure. should have done that sure. different or this sure. different. Sure. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of a restaurant down there. I know there's been a lot of talk about scale. I actually voted against the leasing to the Black Cow because I, I didn't think we were getting enough from um, the business owner back to the city. I mean, an acre of waterfront property um, for two thousand something dollars a month didn't didn't seem like the best of deal, even though it would have been a restaurant there, it, it is a city asset. We have a fiduciary responsibility to, you know, get, you know, get the most bang for the buck out of that. I'm hoping that now that a lot of that log jam's been opened up, that we can get some mixed-use development down there that will include, you know, maybe some housing, um, some restaurant. Again, I'm going to go to the streetscape, some restaurants, some shops, some retail. Um, there's a parking challenge down there that, mm -hmm. that you know, we need to address. Um, I, I know the garage will help. Um, I don't know if there's a single parking solution for all of our downtown. I think it's going to be um, a collaboration of a thousand solutions. Yeah. Um, we're going to just have to look at ways to create parking. I think that might be one of the things that's holding up um, getting better bids for the proposal now is some of the challenges with parking uh, I, I would down think there. that's true. I don't know, but I would think, um, I would think that is true. Sure. So, sure. I, I, I think, you know, I look forward to having that area developed more appropriately moving forward. It, it, it's a stunningly beautiful site. Mm -hmm. um, that said, I mean, there's, there's stuff down there now. There's, there's, the, there's the pier and there's the fishing pier. Three or four million dollars worth of improvements to that whole pier deck down Did there. A great job. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've had a couple events down there this summer. Sure. Um, I think that's opening up. What's going to happen with the Ventron site? It, it seems that there was some plan for some housing that's kind of died in the vine there. Mm -hmm. Don't know what'll happen. Don't know exactly what might happen there. Yep. Um, you know, so th there's, a, there's a lot of stuff going on down mm -hmm. there. Okay. So let's talk about the Brimble Ave project. That sure. certainly is yep. uh, near and dear to all of our hearts in this city. Um, learned anything from that whole process? Or what, what kind of jumps out in, in front of you relative to how, where it went to get to where it is? Um, using, the, uh, using the ECDC to fund that um, was... A different way of thinking, I would have liked to have gotten the Department of Transportation on board earlier. Um, we went through a lot of rezoning. Um, we went through an election over the zoning. I, I supported that rezoning because I thought it was better for the residents of Northridge and the residents of Ward 3 to push the development further away from Northridge. Um, I had the support of Northridge's board w when I made that decision. Um, D DOT nixed that whole thing, and, and, and now... You know, the road's being rebuilt in place. Um, the development is closer to Northridge. I, 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 I wish it would have taken a different turn. Um, 
I think it would have been better for everybody to have that development closer to the highway. Mm -hmm. And in, in hindsight, I, th I think maybe we should have done a little bit more work with the state beforehand to you know, find, f find a way to yes for the bypass road to go closer to Northridge and the development further away. Interesting. So I guess, so would I be correct in saying that the lesson there is, uh, you know, next time something like that comes up, uh, there might be a different approach, a different uh, a level of communication with the state? Uh. Well, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to lay it on the state. I think that, that there was an element of mission creep to the whole thing. It, it started as this, and then it went to that, and then it went to that. Mm. And um, you were making decisions based on, you know, your best information at the time. And, and then further on down the road, you're looking back, and you're like, well, that, that didn't really pan out the way right. we were told it was, you know, it was... Uh, again, I'm going to go back to my original statement. As it was originally presented, um, the rezoning that would have pushed the development further away from Northridge, I, I would have preferred that solution. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and again, I, I prefaced it by saying, I, I guess in, in the future, I guess you you want to make sure you have you know all, you know all your engineering. Um, before you push this stuff forward. Well, I think also in fairness, though, uh, you know, you, you, you had one administration that was kind of doing some yeah. things and the administration changed. I think that probably caused a little bit maybe of, uh, you know, confusion, if maybe that's not the right word. But um, uh, so I, I think there's a lot of things that are going on. And um, in fairness to, to you, other city council members, and to the mayor, I think that, um, uh, you know, Sometimes it's just a bit of a challenge when, you know, changes are going on that significantly while a big project like that is in the works. You know, you, you, you get um, folks like Mr. Cohen who wanted to develop their land, and I was always of the opinion he was going to develop that. So I, I tried to engage this and say, knowing the development's coming, how do I best engage this process and mitigate this for the neighbors and the people that are most affected? Mm -hmm. um, I tried to engage that and mitigate it by moving it further away. It happened to not pan out, and he, he ended up developing it as he said he was going to from the very beginning. Um, th there's some things, even with the final design, that I, I was a little disappointed that, and it was, it, there were some simple things, making the street that was closest to Northridge one way. And I spoke in front of the planning board, and I said, if you can't address these couple of simple things that will make Northridge happier, you know, please don't approve it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know there's some steps, but I think the planning board site review was the best opportunity to put in the mitigation for Northridge, and I was disappointed that we didn't, that there was actually a proposal on the floor of the planning board proposing just the mitigation that I talked about. For whatever reason, it didn't carry on the planning board, and, yeah. you know, I was disappointed in that. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Well, thank you for your honesty. Um, new police fire station. What do you think? It, um, I'm going to go back to what I said about the high school. I think if the high school had passed on the first bonding vote for a little bit less money, um, we may have been able to do a police or a joint police dispatch or, or whatever that public safety solution of the future is in between the high school and the middle school. By the high school sliding out, we need to get the kids out of Briscoe. We'll sink a ton of money into it. Right. Um, I, I think that our new public safety solution is you know right after the right after the middle school it, it, it that's where it's on the books Un unfortunately that's you know five or six years away yeah yeah um 
I know there's a lot of talk of putting it on the land at the coming center. Um, I think, think you know, as we pencil it in before we do any real engineering and, and real studies on it, I, I think people are still of a mind to put it there. That, but, you know, maybe not. We'll, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. I know there's been talk of, you know, do we move a fire station from, you know, North Beverly out to Brimble Ave or, you know, all sorts of different things. I remember Maya Scanlon talked about, you know, removing the fire stations here or there or, or whatever the case may be. But, but I think, it, you know, the time to really make those decisions is, you know, once we're about halfway through the middle school project, you know, th then we can really put our focus on what are the specific solutions for police, fire, dispatch. Mm -hmm. We thought for a number of years that our dispatch was going to be handled out of the regional dispatch. For whatever reasons, that, that, that doesn't seem like it's going to be a viable solution. So whatever our solution is, we'll probably have to handle our own dispatch. So it sounds like the consolidation of the police and fire or a, a new building, however it ends up, is a, certainly a priority. Even, I mean, you said within the next five or six years, that's a fairly good timeline, I would think, most people would yep. would think, based on the number of years we've not had it, you know? And five or six sometimes turns to seven. I get I'm, it. I'm, I get um, it. Yeah, I, I think we, I mean, we're going to have to make a decision. What does what does that look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do we keep Central? Do we keep, I mean, Beverly Farms, Beverly Farms. But do we keep Central and North Beverly where they are? Um, if those are moved, I mean, then you've got new buildings, new capital projects. Sure, and. Sure. Uh, you know, buildings cost a lot of money. And I think it's interesting. You know, uh, let, let me just say okay. what the police have now is inadequate. I think we would all agree with you on that. Um, <laughs> and, and we need to move forward. Sure. And, and the, our police deserve a state-of-the-art place to go to work. They deserve to have a place with showers. Um, even people that are in our custody deserve to have hot water. Um, sure. You know, there's all sorts of facility challenges. We're making the best with what we have for the time being. Yeah. Um, but we, we really need to give, you know, all of our public safety people a decent place to go to work. Sure, sure. And so therefore it becomes a priority. Um, what are your thoughts on the development around the airport? Um, I think that the airport commission has, you know, they've moved forward in, in, in a good way. Um, we miss Paul Vitale. Paul, yeah. we miss you. I know you moved to Florida. I know you're retired. Um, he good did, good he man. did a tremendous job, um, as he, he was basically the managing director of the airport commission. And, For quite um, some time, as I, as I remember it. Yeah, well, he was, on the, he was on the airport commission, then he was off it, then he came back and was on it as mm -hmm. chair. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of work with those guys. I mean, the, the, the San Fonso Drive has already been an enormous amount of development, and, sure. and the city gets a, gets, gets a good bang for the buck out of that. You know, part of the ways we can provide the services that we provide is because of developments like the Cummings Center and developments like San Fonso Drive. I mean, millions of dollars in tax revenue come from those kinds of, you know, big developments. Um, you know, th there's surplus land up there. There's talk of developing it. We, we've done some good stuff. We put a solar field up there. Um, I know there's talk of turning it to a regional airport in name. We're, we're limited in the runway size. Mm. It's only 5,000 feet, so it's not like we're going to start handling 737s. Right. But, but there, you know, how many cities in this country have a port, train stations, and an airport? Yes. I mean, Be <laughs> Beverly's, Beverly's... That's a good question. You know, Beverly, Beverly's yeah. you know, pretty unique in that, and, and we, we get corporate presence in Beverly, which, you know, those, those corporate presences come with good jobs. Right. 
um, you know, that, that provide people a decent living and, and provide economic vitality for this area. So that, that airport's, you know, it, it, it's a cog in the whole puzzle of what makes us attractive to the rest of the world. Let me interrupt you for a, for a minute, Jim. Uh, we're down to a couple of minutes, okay. and I want to make sure you get your closing, your closing statement in. Sure. So why don't you go ahead and talk with, your, with the voters and tell them what you want to tell them. Sure. I, I'm going to be brief. Jim Ladder, um, Ward 3 City Councilor. I, it's been my honor to serve the citizens of Ward 3. First four years as a school committee member, first six years as a city councilor. Um, I've worked hard for you folks every day. If there's ever a problem, and we've, we've had fires, we've had various things in Beverly that have taken a, you know, a lot of hard work and rolling up the sleeves and helping people out. It's work that I really enjoy. I hope to continue doing it for two years. We have a lot of projects going on. I, I'd like to give some continuity of support for those projects. And I ask for your vote on November 4th, and I hope I can get your support. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. And thank you for joining us for Conversations with the Candidates. We've just met with Jim Ladder running for re-election in Ward 3. On behalf of BevCam, I'm Al Temkin. Thank you for joining us.